Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, featuring your host, Anna Jaworski. Our program is designed to empower the CHD or congenital heart defect community. Our program may also help families who have children who are chronically ill by bringing information and encouragement to you in order to become an advocate for your community. Now, here is Anna Jaworski. Welcome to the 10th season of Heart to Heart with Anna. Our theme this season is Education for Heart Warriors, and we have a great show for you today. Today's show is Educating Twin Heart Warrior Toddlers, and my guest is Roxanne Montavosai. Roxanne Montavosai is mom to three children, Heart Healthy Jordan, who is now five and a half, and three-year-old twins, Selena and Jasmine. Both twins have Tetralogy of Fallot. Jasmine also has pulmonary atresia. Roxanne and her husband found out in utero about their twin girls both having heart defects during the 20-week anatomy scan. The hospital mentioned abortion, and doctors were uncertain if both girls were tested properly during an invasive amniocentesis procedure. Roxanne and her husband were facing a terrible decision and were so afraid of the unknown. Then they reached out to another hospital, New York Presbyterian. That hospital is well-versed with high-risk pregnancies, and they met with the amazing heart surgeon, Dr. Emil Baca, who ultimately saved the twins' lives. It was because of his expertise and confidence that Roxanne's girls are here today. Today, Jordan is a very caring and thoughtful boy and is excited to start first grade, while his sisters, Selena and Jasmine, start school for the very first time in September. So welcome back to the show, Roxanne. My longtime listeners may remember you from when you were on the show in season four, when you did a show on finding out in utero about having a baby with a CHD, and then later that same season when you talked about having twins with CHDs. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy that we have a chance to catch up because it's been a little while since you've been on the show. Yeah, yeah, the girls are growing up now quick. <laughs> I know. I look at the pictures on Facebook and I just can't believe how much they've grown. Oh, yeah, it's just amazing. It's amazing how well they're doing. We're very blessed. <laughs> I know. I know. To have twins is so scary, but then to have twins with heart defects, it's even scarier. So let's talk about when you did find out in utero, Roxanne, that you were having twins with CHDs. Did that prepare you for possibly needing to start meeting with specialists early on in their lives? And if so, did they need physical therapy, occupational therapy, or speech therapy? Yes, I wasn't able to get that set up during the pregnancy. During the pregnancy, I was getting prepared for the NICU, mm -hmm. trying to get prepared, seeing how they're doing in the NICU. But as soon as they were born after the surgeries, which is at 15 days for one of the twins and at three months for the other twin, that's when I quickly started setting up early interventions. 
by the time they were maybe six months old or yeah, six months old, that's when we started getting the services. And we're so lucky that we got it set up that early. Yes, I know you're a go-getter. So I figured you would be on top of things. So (laughs) the earlier you start the intervention, usually the better results you have. Yes, yes, for sure. It helped them tremendously, especially little Jasmine who had two surgeries. Yes, two surgeries. And she had those two surgeries within the first year of her life, didn't she? Yeah, she had it. The first one was at 15 days. And then she had some trouble recovering because she had arrhythmia issues. So she needed to be on medication. And that was pretty scary because amiodarone is one of the medications that she was on. And that's pretty heavy duty stuff. And I'm not sure about side effects, but we were terrified that she was on those medications. And luckily, she was regulated after that. And she was weaned off that medication. And then she had her second surgery at 15 months, which is around the time when she was learning how to walk. And that was really hard for us. But on the third day of recovery, she started practicing on her walker in the halls of New York Presbyterian. And that was, wow, you know, you're kidding. (laughs) Just uh, overwhelming to see her doing this after three days of her open heart surgery in the intensive care. It was just really, wow, a lot of emotions, you know, just seeing her doing that. So was her sister also walking at that point? Selena is the stronger, the healthier of the two. She's a little bit bigger, one inch taller, two pounds heavier. So she started Mm -hmm. walking a few months earlier than Jasmine. So by the time Jasmine was getting her second surgery, Selena was already learning how to walk. And it was kind of hard for me to see Jasmine going through an open heart surgery while the other one is walking. Right, right. You see what she should be doing. But I can't help but wonder, did Selena inspire Jasmine to get up and go? Yeah, that's what it must have been. Yeah, because on the third day, <laughs> she was already on that walker in the hallway of the wow. hospital practicing. And then when she was home, she was already doing it. We would take them out to oh the park gosh. with the walkers. And it was just overwhelming to see all that. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you just know that she really needed that surgery. So she she could get up on her feet and catch up to her big... She's not the big sister, but in a way, she is a big sister. She is. Oh, my goodness. That's just an amazing story. (laughs) And I love how the twins are kind of helping each other along this whole journey. Yes, yes, they do. They look up to each other. Jasmine is talking more. She has a slight hearing loss. She has sensory neural hearing loss on the left ear. So I think she can hear clearer or something. So she talks more. And that, I guess, inspires Selena to talk more. And Selena's just a little (laughs) bit more active. But they both dance a lot because I'm a Zumba teacher. So I guess they they got that from me. And it's just really amazing to see how well they're doing. Well, one of the problems that a lot of our babies have who have severe heart defects is that they have trouble with feeding and they need feeding tubes. Did your girls need feeding tubes? Fortunately, we did not need that. We're very lucky that we didn't need to deal with that. I guess just the fact that we were dealing with twins with the CHD was a big deal already. And the fact that we didn't need that was a really huge help for us. Absolutely. So did you try to nurse the girls or did you go straight to formula? I only lasted a month because of all the stress that we were dealing with. Mm -hmm. Just Jasmine staying in the NICU for 35 days, including her surgery. Yeah. And my husband having to drive the milk that I was producing, the very little milk because I was so stressed out that I was producing home, having to drive it cross town to the the other side of Manhattan. (laughs) I only lasted one month with the milk. And I'm impressed you last a month, Roxanne, having nursed two babies myself, but not at the same time. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's yeah, tough. Yeah, no, with my first, I only lasted three months. So it was very hard for me to produce milk during that time even, you know? Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> it, it's a very stressful yeah. time. But I'm impressed that you stuck with it for that first month because that's actually the most important month mm-hmm. for you to do the nursing and yeah. to give them those vitamins from your body, those antibodies. To me, that was the big thing when we discovered Alex had a heart defect was I wanted to nurse him because I knew that he would have my antibodies in his system and I didn't want him to get sick. So that was really important to me. But I am impressed. You lasted a whole month, especially with one baby in the hospital that entire time. That that's pretty phenomenal. And whatever little I was producing, my husband was driving it over to Jasmine because we were just trying to give formula to Selena. Right. Just giving the most to Jasmine while she was in the hospital. She needed it the most. <laughs> sure, sure. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the girl's early development, which, you know, since they're only three, it's all early development. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, when did they sleep through the night or sit up? I mean, I'm amazed at the age that they both started walking, especially given that one of the girls had two surgeries for her to pretty much be on target that's when most babies walk is 12 to 18 months so that's pretty phenomenal what was the rest of their development like well, Jasmine was always behind, especially because she needed that second surgery during her infant stage. I mean, she had her first one at 15 days of life. And then Selena had her surgery at three months of life. Mm-hmm. So Jasmine was, I guess, also the smaller runt, even though she had her surgery. Selena was kind of delayed at her middle infancy, like maybe six months because she was still recovering, you know, from her surgery. Sure. And then Jasmine was just always tinier. So they both were always catching up during that first year. Mm-hmm. They were always catching up and always behind with their milestones that first year. Then eventually Jasmine ended up being the one that was always behind because she needed that second surgery. Right, right. And, and plus she was smaller. Right, yeah. right. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about their development in the next segment, but we need to take a quick break. So don't leave yet, friends. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Roxanne about early childhood education when we return to Heart to Heart with Anna. The most common theme that I hear is why. She always needed um, a lot of attention. She had strokes. Even though it's a natural inclination to withdraw from the CHD community, I think being a part of it helped me be part of the solution. Heart to Heart with Michael. Please join us every Thursday at noon Eastern. I'm Michael Lieben, and I'll be your host as we talk with people from around the world who have experienced those most difficult moments. Home Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home Tonight Forever. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. 
Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today's show is educating twin heart warrior toddlers, and we're here with Roxanne Montavosai, a heart mom, to heart warriors Jasmine and Selena. So now let's talk about early childhood intervention. You already said that they're starting school in September, so does that mean you've enrolled them in an ECI program? Yes. Um, since they have early intervention services right now, my service coordinator set up something called CPSC, which I'm not sure what it stands for, but um, that is what they use for early intervention in school when they're three and going into you know public school and all that. So um, we have those services set up in for you know while they're in the school. <laughs> we'll have that set up, and um, I'm just more than excited that they're going to keep getting the help, especially during school to so that they, you know, are caught up with the other kids too. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Now, if I'm not mistaken, they're also receiving some other intervention at home. Can you tell us about that? Right now they're getting um, speech therapy, physical therapy, and also occupational therapy and a special instructor, which uh, I love that one the most, I think, because it prepares them for school. Oh, so what kinds of things is that instructor doing? She's trying to already show them the alphabet and the shapes Aww. and the colors and the numbers. Mm-hmm. And the girls are running around counting and Aww. singing a song. So <laughs> I just love that. Yeah, Yay, that's so neat. Okay, so why don't you tell us a little bit about the girls' strengths and weaknesses right now? They're both very active <laughs> because mm-hmm. I'm a teacher and um, I, used, I used to be a fitness instructor. They're both very active. They love to dance. They love music. So that's a huge strength for them that they love to yeah, dance. They love absolutely. to sing out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think Selena is her weakness is that she doesn't talk as much, mm-hmm. but she has recently been catching up a lot. She's been talking a lot more, which is beautiful to see. And Jasmine, her weakness is that she's thinner. So she's a little bit lan- uh, lankier. And um, so, so I'm afraid of like maybe a big kid like running into her and she'll fall over or something. Yeah. So, uh, that's the only thing with her. But she's they're both doing really amazing. And it's all really thanks to the early intervention. It is. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure it's not just the early intervention. They have loving parents who are there. They have a big brother that I'm sure they're trying to copy everything that big brother does. And that's always a good thing, too. And they have each other, which I think is really special. But a lot of times you see twins really, really delayed. And it doesn't sound like the girls are quite as delayed as you might expect, given the severity of their heart defects. So how long do you think the girls will continue to need physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy. Will they still get those services in your home even when they're in the school or will the school take over their services? It's the school that's going to take over their services. And eventually I think that they won't need anything. Um, Maybe they might need speech later on, you know, when they're starting kindergarten. Mm -hmm. But I I don't see it happen. I I really see them catching up to to regular kids, you know, like my son, you know, I, I think that they'll be fine. And we're very lucky. Again, we're just really, really lucky at at their progression and how well they're doing. Right. And this is one of the great reasons for having this early intervention is if you can get your kids so that when they enter kindergarten, they look like all the other kindergartners. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. It is huge. It is huge. Having been a special education teacher myself, I know how costly it can be, but I also know not just in terms of dollars, but more importantly, in terms of self-esteem, that if you can get them so that they are on the same, you know, on a level playing field with their peers, it really boosts their self-esteem and they're able to do so much more. 
Yeah, yeah. No, the, the girls are, are really just, uh, I'm just so proud to see their progress. Uh, like, I'm almost tearing up <laughs> right now. So thank yeah. you. Well, <laughs> I just, I love it. So I think I remember talking to you before about that you had a big family or that you had family nearby. Am I remembering correctly? My mom helps out once in a while. My mother-in-law is in, is in the city, um, but she's a little farther out, so we have to drive out to see her. So I, we don't get much help, really. No, it doesn't sound like it. That And that yeah. makes it tough for you because you're already a Zumba teacher and you're taking care of the twins and your five-year-old son. How is he doing as far as how he interacts with the girls? At school, um, you know, when I talked to his teacher, uh, when I talked to his kindergarten teacher, she said that he's so thoughtful and caring and oh. that she, she he's one of the most special boys in the classroom because he's so good. And um, I mean, he's just really always thinking about others. And I know that that has to do with the girls and always taking care of them. Yes, I can't wait to see new pictures of the children <laughs> because when you sent them to me, the last time you were on the show, they were so precious. And I know they'll have grown up so much compared to when I saw them last time. Because when I saw them last time, I don't even think they were a year. Yeah, yeah. So if, if and the girls are so tall, you know, it's just mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> it is. It is. Okay, well, we need to take another quick break. But don't leave yet, friends, because coming up next, we're going to talk to Roxanne about what advice she has for other parents of... Heart Warrior Toddlers. We'll be right back. When I saw so many of these CHG groups growing, I found family just ready to join me. Anyone who is a member of the adult congenital heart defect community can be a guest on our show. We have a great year planned and we look forward to sharing other interesting topics. Heart to Heart with Nicole and David serving the ACHD community. Wednesdays at noon Eastern. Hi, I'm John Montez of NBC's hit acapella show, The Sing-Off. In acapella music, it takes a team to create a sound that many will enjoy, just like it'll take a team to help my good friend Miles Schweitzer, an HLHS survivor. Let's help Miles fulfill his dream and make a big enough sound to bring awareness to congenital heart disease. Please visit him at GoFundMe.com backwards slash The Miles Project. Miles with the Y. Again, that's GoFundMe.com, The Miles Project. This is for Miles. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today's show is Educating Twin Heart Warrior Toddlers, and we're here with Roxanne Montavasai. Roxanne has been sharing about the special services her daughters have had and what, what they'll receive in public school. And so now in our third segment, I have a few more questions for you, Roxanne. We've already talked about this a little bit, that the girls have each other. Do you think they'll be at an advantage in school having each other since they already have a ready-made friend? Yes, uh, they will have an advantage. But one thing I am a little concerned about is that they'll be separated. Um, they'll be placed in different classrooms. Yes, yes. Um, Whoa, they'll be placed in no. different classrooms. They yeah, can't so do that. <laughs> it might be a little scary for them in the beginning. But I, I think if I just tell them, like, oh, she'll be right next door or, you know, she, you'll see her at recess, you know, I think they'll be okay. But, yeah, no, it, it's going to be a big deal that they're going to be separated. Oh, my yeah. goodness. And is there a special reason why they have to be separated? Um, they think for twins, they, they want them to get independent. They don't want them to be on each other, you know, always next to each other. Because usually Selena's is a stronger one anyway. 
So mm-hmm. they probably want Jasmine to become independent and have her own little personality, which they already do, I think, but they do want to separate them. Oh, my goodness. Is that going to be harder for them or for you, Roxanne? <laughs> I, I think for, for me as well, because yeah. I'm going to want to see both, you know, at the same time. And it's just going to be right. very, very hard for me. So it'll be yeah. a little overwhelming in the beginning, especially for me. Yes, you're going to have to write it. Tell me how it turns out. (laughs) I will. I will. I'll be posting all about it. (laughs) Well, how exciting for them, though. So this is a huge adventure for them. Not only are they going to public school for the first time, but instead of being with each other all day long, they're going to be separated. Now, is your ECI program just a half-day program or a couple of hours? Their school is going to be a full-day program from 8.30... Wow. 8.30 to 2.30, which is a big deal. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a very big deal. So I don't know how they're going to act when I, I say I'm going to leave. You know, like they haven't been separated. Well, actually, they are separated during the early intervention classes, but that's okay. only, you know, one hour at home. Right. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll go outside to the supermarket. I'll get in a quick run. Yeah, it's all exciting that they're going to be separated and away from their mommy. <laughs> now, do you plan on being a room mommy or I don't know what you call it like almost like a teacher's aide do you plan on being in the classroom with the girls as much as you can or is this your time to take a big breath and clean the house and <laughs> catch up on all the things that you don't get to do yeah yeah we we moved from um, one apartment in the same building to another like a bigger apartment so we have a lot of catching up to do with unpacking yeah. oh, and yeah. um I I, I I uh, am a Zoom. I am listed as a Zumba teacher, but I haven't been teaching um, in a for about a year. I haven't taught classes at all, so I, I would love to get back to the gym and teach. You know, so this is also a big freedom for me. You know, yeah. To, but I, I have to just make sure the girls are set up in school properly, and I might have to become like what you said, a teacher. That's a good idea <laughs> for the first <laughs> month or something. Well, just to be there. To I mean, it's kind of scary. I would think to yeah. leave the girls, especially since they don't have each other to protect each other i don't know i would i'm an overprotective mom i guess <laughs> Just... yeah, no, it, it's a good idea I'm, I'm happy you brought this up it's it's a very good idea for me to become involved more with the class at least you know in the beginning right and in the beginning and and yet maybe the teachers will say no in the beginning we really need you not to be here so that the girls can yeah. become acclimated and they can see yeah. that they're okay and they're safe even if mommy's not here i mean there are two two trains of thought Might there and that. so you'll just have to yeah. see what feels right to you and also the two teachers that you're working with not to mention that you also have your son and he's going to yeah, be right. in first grade now will they all be in the same building or will they be at two different oh. facilities Two different schools. Uh, My son is about three blocks away, but the girls will be right across the street from us, which is huge. <laughs> That's okay. So it's just going to be very local. So we're very lucky about that, too. Yeah, that really is good. Wow, mm-hmm. right across the street. So you could even walk across the street to be there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like it's a major highway. It's actually a street that you could actually walk across. Well, that's pretty cool. Okay, so during the break, you and I were talking about how important this early childhood education is in the early childhood intervention. And way before they turn three, you really need to get on this once they have recovered from their open heart surgeries. So can you tell us what advice you have when it comes to first enrolling your children in some kind of early intervention, like as infants? I was, I don't know if I, I was kind of tricky about it or something, but I kind of 
said, you know what? She's very behind. She she's she's not making any baby sounds. She's and this I was saying all this right after Selena especially was recovering from her open heart surgery. So I think they evaluated her at around four months, which is just one month after her open heart surgery. So okay. and by they, I, do you mean the pediatrician, the cardiologist? Who who I, was evaluating her? Yeah, so I did go to a pediatrician, and they mm-hmm. recom- They gave me like a what do you call it? A, a prescription. Yeah, a referral, referral prescription uh, to call the early intervention, you know, services coordinator, and try to get this all set up. I think heart moms should go on their um, local moms groups and find mm-hmm. out who these services coordinators are. And just get on it, especially right after their surgery, because that's when the kids are delayed because they're re- they're recovering. They're infants that are recovering right. from surgery, so that's a great time for them to jump on it. And the therapist will be like, "Hey, hey, you know, they are a little bit delayed, but again, it's because they're recovering." So this way, even if they don't need the services later on, it's just a huge boost to their their confidence and self esteem as they're growing up. Absolutely. Absolutely. The sooner you get that help for the kids, the sooner they can start that catching up phase. And Mm -hmm. there is going to be some catch up, no matter how great the kids are doing. They've been medically put into a coma. They've been, you know, tied down so they don't pull their IV wires out. They've had their sternums cracked open. There's no way these kids are not going to have some kind of interference with their development. And so the sooner you get some outside assistance, unless you're already trained to work with children like that to begin with, then you can do the the assistance yourself. But most people need some. Yeah, most people need some outside help. And plus, you know, we're exhausted. <laughs> we heart right, moms are exhausted, right. especially when we have other children to care for as well. Forget moving or starting a new job or anything like that. That just adds extra pressure to what we're doing. So having those other people, it's that whole, it takes a village. <laughs> I think with our kids especially, it definitely takes a village. Don't you, Roxanne? Yes, it was huge that they came in and, and helped out while I was just trying to recover from the fact that, you know, two babies were, were having open heart surgeries, you know. I mean, for, from us as moms, us to, you know, take all that in and just try to be a normal mom and everything, it, it's very hard. So to have people right. come in to help and help well, their development. Well, not to mention, Roxanne, you gave birth to twins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that couldn't have been easy. <laughs> yeah, I dealt with preeclampsia, trying to lose the weight and everything. Oh, you know, wow. It's just it's very big for, for us to have that help from early intervention. So my advice to the moms is to get that evaluation for the early, early childhood services, um, early intervention services to get the evaluations right after the surgery, when the kids, when the babies are still a little bit delayed so that they look delayed and they definitely will get the help. They qualify and they qualify yes. for the services. Yes, and it's kind of a no brainer brain. Yes. A no yes. brainer. Let's see if I can yes. say that. <laughs> <laughs> you said it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so hopefully we've encouraged the heart moms out there who are pregnant to be prepared that the kids are going to have surgery, and we all know they're going to do great. They're going to survive their surgeries, but then we know they're going to be a little bit delayed, and so hopefully they're talking to the doctors, and the pediatricians are helping them to get those early services, and now they're toddlers. How do you go about getting them in an ECI program or an early childhood intervention program, Roxanne? In when they're in school, mm-hmm. 
with, how do you well, get them into school? Because I mean, I think for some people, just the process is a little intimidating. What do you have to do? Yes. Um, well, I just I went to my services coordinator and I told her that you know I want to get them in school. I wanted to get them in school when they were two, but it was hard to do that. There were not many uh, schools that have that, especially free. You know, a free program. Right. So um, they do have a free um, more programs that are for three year olds. And okay. I was able to get them in to a very close a school that's very close by. But it, it's all through the services coordinator. So that's very important to have one. Okay, terrific. Now, do you have any advice for parents who have both heart healthy children and heart warriors? Yes. Um, well, when Jordan was going to the hospital, um, you know, while the girls were having their surgery, it was huge that they had a child life program at the hospital. He, you know, helped Jordan uh, have toys there and uh, activity books set up for him. It was very helpful because instead of him going to the hospital, he was thought he was going to go visit a truck that was over there waiting for him. So he was always excited <laughs> to go visit the, the hospital because he didn't That's really fun. know what was going on. You know, he was right. too, you know. Right. But right now, since the girls are caught up, very lucky. Right now, they're all playing tag and they're chasing Aww. each other. They're playing hide mm -hmm. and seek. So we're just, again, really fortunate that they're all caught up. And Jordan has two little playmates, two little sisters, um, two best friends now to play with. Oh, that's so sweet to say. So now you finally get to maybe take a deep breath and just treat them like normal kids. Yes, yes, yes. We're very fortunate. I love it. Well, <laughs> that is the perfect way for us to end this program. Thanks for coming on the show again, Roxanne. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that does conclude this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for listening today. Please come back next week on Tuesday at noon Eastern time. Until then, find and like our show on Spreaker. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. You can find my channel by looking for me, Anna Jaworski. J-A-W-O-R-S-K-I. And remember, my friends, you are not alone. Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time.